0: Welcome to the Lifted Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Dunham, and this is a place for us to talk about what we're doing every day to raise our vibration and understand ourselves more deeply as energetic beings and co-creators. Hello, everybody. Oh, what an exciting day. It's our 100th episode here. Wow, uh, what a blessing. I'm really sinking into the celebration of this moment. And I'm someone who who doesn't celebrate things like this a lot. I've never been someone who likes to celebrate birthdays or anything like that. But I think it's important to celebrate the small wins and the big wins more and more, like make more reason for celebration. So I'm just feeling so blessed and so grateful to be here and really proud of myself for getting to 100 episodes. I was just looking back to see when the first episode dropped, and so I've been doing this show for almost three years now, which is like utterly shocking. (laughs) I started this podcast right before we moved into the pandemic, and I was living in New York City in Brooklyn at the time, and I had just started to shift much more into teaching about mindfulness, teaching meditation and starting to navigate what that would look like. You know what? It was right around the time I had just had my Instagram hacked and taken down. And it was around that time where I was like, I really need to figure out how to build a platform that is just mine because I started to realize like, I don't really own anything that goes up on Instagram. So how am I going to build a presence and, and kind of an online home for myself beyond Instagram and social media? And that's what prompted me to first build a website and just start a blog there, you know, have my photos there, have my writing there. And then uh, I, I started to follow my curiosities. I was just like a sponge soaking in as much as I could around that time about spiritual growth and development and getting to know some of my favorite teachers and learning about all these fascinating topics like shamanism and the dream world and astral projection and biohacking and healing the body and healing the mind. and. So I thought to myself, you know, what could I build that would just be an extension of my curiosity? And I remember having listened to a few people. uh, Sarah Delane was actually the first person I ever interviewed. And it was because I was like, I loved listening to her on somebody else's episode I think it was Shaman Dirk's episode and I was like I wish I could ask her a few more questions How could I do that and I was like she's probably just start a podcast so the intention was to really get in touch with some of my favorite teachers and and guides in this world and just deepen the conversation and it turned out to be such a blessing like almost like a little mentorship in every episode that we get so uh, and you know what beyond that, it was about consistency i wanted to show myself that i could show up consistently over time and really commit to something big time so this was kind of a call to action to myself to enter this new realm of almost maturity and in a way give my give my try at entrepreneurship in a way because i always knew i wanted to run my own business but i wondered you know am i going to be able to actually handle that and keep up with the demands and the responsibilities that come along with running your own business. Aside from podcasting, I'm not sure I would call podcasting a business until it gets to a certain level, but um, it felt like a really good flex in that way, like a muscle flex to say, okay, every Wednesday an episode's going to come out and how can we expand that? So newsletters, how can we make just like a consistent practice and start to build a business from the ground up? And, um, yeah, all of this kind of led me to start my mentorship program about a year ago. So yeah, I'm just looking back on what led to the beginning of the podcast and how cool it's been to actually sit with some of these wonderful storytellers and beautiful minds. And most importantly to me, to be able to connect with you all. Everybody who's been listening to this show, I don't think I would have kept going uh, without the uh, the encouragement that said, oh, I learned something from this person today, or thank you for sharing this. So I, I just want to say I am so, so deeply grateful for you. And I'm so honored to be a part of this community um, of, of curious thinkers and all kinds of different minds coming together to learn something new. And really the intention here is to deepen our understanding of self at the end of the day, to go in and, and be these curious explorers of self and most importantly with compassion. So, it's been a really cool journey. So today's episode, I've opened up to be kind of a Q&A just to talk more deeply about some topics that we all seem to be interested in. So I put up like a little questionnaire on my Instagram story, and you guys were so awesome and so kind to just submit questions that you have, not just for me, but just about ponderings about the world in itself and uh, self-exploration, et cetera. So we will totally get into that. And I thought I would start this episode by pulling some cards for us because we just came out of that Lionsgate portal. Oh, it's at 1111 on the clock right now. We love to see it. So this portal was really intense, I'm sure for many of you, even in the month leading up to it. And it's such an interesting thing to look back on what we moved through in hindsight, because the month leading up to the 88 Lionsgate was full of um, anxiety for me. And I think for a lot of other people, anxiety that was almost unrecognizable. I couldn't really tell where it was coming from. It was like this bubbling up, like my cup was spilling over. And I had been in Maine and I had been enjoying this beautiful time with my family. And at the same time, simultaneously, I was really overworking myself <laughs> when my intention going there was to be like to take a vacation. But I I was still kind of working a little too much uh, for my comfort zone. And I was feeling like I wasn't getting enough alone time, enough time to go inward and to you know, to do my practices, to do my rituals. And I felt just kind of out of control, especially for my energy type. And I'm sure for so many of us as introverts or as people that really thrive and recharge on that solitude, that's really important. So I ended up coming back to Topanga with this knowing that I needed to move into a new space that was fully mine because I'm living in this shared house right now that has just been awesome, like all these amazing people coming through this house. It's really been the perfect place for me to build community in Topanga when I didn't know anybody when I had arrived. So what I'm kind of reflecting on is that I think all of that anxiety and that bubbling over was leading to the awareness and the realization that I was ready to leave the nest of this home that's been so wonderful, but to actually get comfortable with the idea of living in my own space so that I can almost have this like <laughs> Vipassana retreat when I need it. Silence, um, more space to play music, more space to just get creative. Um, I find that I've been limiting myself a little bit in a shared home, um, limiting my expression in ways that are, you know, purely my responsibility, but that I feel like can really blossom in a space of solitude. So um, I was sharing this kind of manifestation story on Instagram the other day, but it was a portal that was extremely potent for calling in what we truly want. So once I realized I was ready to find a studio, I put that out into the universe and literally within 24 hours I found a studio right in my price range, actually below it, right right down the street. So I'm really close to all the people I love so much who I consider family in my current home. I'm just like just a couple minutes away. So it's been it's been so perfect and now I'm facing Um, this interesting challenge of like, is it too good to be true? (laughs) So overcoming that self-limiting belief and easing into how good life can really be opening up to those blessings and deepening the journey of worthiness, which I think is what we'll get into a lot today as well, is just deepening your sense of self-worth and knowing that you are deserving of all of these wonderful things, wonderful happenings, kindness around you, miracles around you, and just opening up to receive that and knowing that you don't have to do or be anything to deserve that. It's your birthright. You deserve to be happy by nature intrinsically. Okay. So I'm so curious to hear about what you all just moved through. I'm already feeling uh, much more at ease, like almost like fireworks just went off and everything's kind of fizzling down and we're calming down. My nervous system feels really good. Um, I'm not in that kind of fight or flight panic state. Like I just feel so much better. So I hope that you all have rounded a similar corner and are feeling some clarity on what's going on. So With that being said, let's pull some cards together. So I'll invite you for a moment just to bring to mind what you'd like to receive clarity around in this moment, what you're moving through, it can be anything, but just bringing to mind what you'd like to receive clarity around. So we're gonna pull from the Work Your Light Oracle deck first. Just see what we get here. What's the energy for this group today? And across all timelines for anybody listening. Mm, we got align your life. What is not aligned or needs to change? <laughs> Just letting that come through, that clarity come through. What is not aligned or what needs to change? And I think you know, I think your intuition will immediately tell you what's going on. For me, I have been declaring that this year, this year of my my 29th trip around the sun will be committed to health So I'm really committed to learning how to cook better for myself, to cook really healthy meals and foods, uh, working out more, doing strength training, getting outside more often. So just noticing what comes up for you. Is it setting boundaries with yourself? Um, Is it, you know, practicing your morning ritual more consciously uh, and more consistently? What's coming up for you around alignment? Um... What are your needs? You know, just reflect on what your needs are. What are your basic needs? Beyond that, what are your love languages? How do you receive love? What do you need most right now? And this is a really good practice that we can do once in a while as well is to just write a love letter to yourself in your journal for all of your hopes and dreams for yourself and what you're looking forward to. What is it that you want out of life and what you're looking forward to and express gratitude in advance for it already having happened for you and just painting a really clear picture of what your ideal life looks like, accessing that highest self that we call through um, and, and just really noticing how your highest self shows up here. All right. So what does alignment look like for you? How can we move toward that? Beautiful. All right. We'll do one more from this deck. <laughs> Mirror. What is triggering you? Who or what is triggering you? Thinking about that saying, of course, that your triggers are your teachers. It's always reflective of where we aren't in our power, where we aren't really setting boundaries appropriately for ourselves and for our energy, where we might need to be speaking up or, you know, parts of ourselves that are still feeling unlovable or in shame or guilt or embarrassment, anything like that. So if someone says something that throws you off, just noticing what that is bringing up from the depths of your soul and from the depths of your gut, what does that trigger in you? Because if it didn't feel true to you, it probably wouldn't trigger you. There's a great example of this just very simply. So say somebody comes up to you and they say, oh, your hair is blue. That looks weird. Why is your hair blue? But you know your hair is not blue. You know that your hair is not blue. So when they say that to you, it's just like, okay, (laughs) it's just like that person's doesn't know me. They're seeing things weirdly or is just crazy. Um, it just doesn't resonate because you know it's not true. So when somebody is pinging you with like, you know, kind of triggering messages or judgments or, or criticisms um, that just really don't feel true to you, you have the ability to say, oh, that just doesn't bother me. I just know that that's not true. I know that that's not true. So there's that aspect of it. And then if it does feel true, if somebody kind of brings up this deeper feeling, like, oh, that hurts, that twists my stomach a little bit. There is room to shine a light on that. That's where we. That's where we do the shadow work. It's kind of a cycle, you know. We have these high vibrational points where we're like peak manifesting. We're feeling really good. Our energy's out there. We're shining really brightly, and then we kind of cycle down into kind of quote unquote low vibrational energy where we are regrouping. We're processing. We're going into the depths. We become the shadow diver. We start to get to know, you know, those underbellies and those those. Deep Deeper layers of self. And then we kind of go back up as we transmute and alchemize that we go back up into a high vibrational state. It's a cycle. So this really all comes back to the knowing that the universe is always working for us. What is coming up that makes you feel uncomfortable is actually an invitation to take a look at that with compassion, alchemize, transmute, repeat, until we get to this point where we can hold our peace and in the midst of chaos and and things kind of like bounce off of us in a way. <laughs> so that's kind of the practice, right? And it's this is why we call it a practice. This is why it's a journey. It's my belief that we came here knowingly. We came here with an intention to learn in this human experience for this period of time to expand and grow and we signed up for the ebbs and flows of, of this journey that are uncomfortable and the only way to expand is through those challenges. So how can we more deeply embrace the challenges that come up instead of crumpling you know, beneath them and and shriveling and looking away. Can we face them right on, head on, and actually with an open heart and open arms? Like, yeah, come on through. Let's work it through, work it out, and we move on to the next. And ideally, we reach this place of just just greater peace, uh, profound peace, as we enter our next chapters. Okay, we'll do one final one, and then we'll get into our Q and A segment. <laughs> Hmm, the initiation. This is one of my favorite cards to pull a rite of passage and crossing a threshold. Ooh. so the card is like this image almost reminds me of Lord of the Rings. It's like this dark mountain with lightning. But through the mountain, you can see this light at the end of the tunnel, which opens up to this magnificent like beach, this paradise kind of scene. So it's through the shadow, it's working its way up until we reach that light space. And again, going back to that idea of the cycle happening and just knowing that we're we're going through these cycles but maintaining that hope and that trust honestly trusting that whatever's coming through for you is helping you to expand and evolve so just practicing that patience and practicing that trust and knowing that everything is temporary and that you're getting to the next point but the initiation is often requiring us to to dig deeper and to get uncomfortable this is where the greatest growth happens is right outside of our comfort zone, beyond the comfort zone. So can you push yourself to go a little further uh, in whatever way that feels like is calling for you to, to just go a little further, facing those fears um, and, and getting right into those fears? Maybe that's fear of being unworthy or not qualified or not, you know, lovable or not good enough yet for what you want. What if you just shed those layers and kind of took a took a look at that naked naked self that might feel afraid? And a practice that I like to do with my clients sometimes is have them actually draw out what their shadow self looks like, uh, because when we when we write and when we draw, we give our shadow and our pain uh, a a point of expression so that it can leave the body and show up on the page, and then we can really look at it. Um, and when we see it reflected like that, we enter this place of just objective kind of compassion for ourselves, like, oh, wow, I can't believe that I really felt this way about myself, or, um, you know, I would like to see myself in, in, a, in a lighter way. So I invite you to, to work this out on paper, in art, in whatever way you can to just express what, what might be working through and, and coming through for you in an, an initiation phase. Okay, my darlings, let's move into our Q&A. Thank you so much for submitting your questions. It's really fun to get to know you guys a little better about what you're working through, moving through, what you're curious about. Okay, so first question. What's your favorite certification or course that you've taken? So I've taken a few certifications. Behavior Change Specialist Certification, Quantum Healing Hypnosis Technique, and Reiki 2 Training. Those have all been um, certifications that I've gotten. And I think they all really have a beautiful marriage all together. They really help me marry kind of the science, the neuroscience, and the spirituality and working with energy and the ethereal realms. The one that was most fun for me, which certainly took the longest, was my QHHT, which was Quantum Healing. Hypnosis technique with Dolores Cannon. That was absolutely fascinating. So I learned about past life regressions, I learned about how the body communicates with us and how disease develops. Um, and she's someone that I had been studying for a while and it just really got me to think outside of the box to to think about how I perceive source energy and what we're doing here and kind of collapse the ideas of time and space which are of course human made human designed uh, time specifically for organizational purposes. So that was really like a brain massage for me to go through that training and has been such a gift to share with my uh, friends and family. I am in the process of just getting practice with this so that I feel completely confident and comfortable offering it as a paid offering uh, for you all, which will be coming very soon. So I'm moving through a couple of these sessions with my family to make sure that I can be of the highest service to you and really hold that space appropriately because this is very deep work. Um, so if you're interested in, in regressions and just like learning because you're curious about stuff like this, I would definitely recommend that QHHT course. Reiki really taught me how tangible energy work is um, and how to trust my intuition in alignment with my body. So you really kind of have to remove your logical mind when you're doing Reiki and just it's almost like channeling. You have to let spirit kind of guide you a little bit. A lot of it. <laughs> so I remember practicing on someone in my training for the first time, and just letting my hands go where they felt like they needed to go. And I was practicing on this wonderful young woman, and um, as I was tapping into her energy, like you can feel where the energy gets stuck in the auric body. You can actually feel it. It feels like um like mag- magnetic energy to me a little bit. Like you're it, it's like this heavy magnetic energy around a chakra point or an energy point that feels like out of alignment. And everybody's body, uh, you know, responds differently to these messages, but I immediately felt this density around her knee and felt the need to place both of my hands on her knee for an extended period of time. And she just started crying and she was like, Oh my God, I almost had my leg amputated right at that point after a car accident. And I've been, I almost feel like I have a phantom limb there sometimes, so that was just that was one of my first experiences with Reiki that I'll never forget because I I hadn't practiced up until that. I was just learning and it was like such a call to trust your intuition and trust where your hands were taking you where your intuition was guiding you and not second guess it. Just trust it. And everyone in the room was having very similar experiences. They were all having these like crazy epiphany moments of just surrender and 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 deep healing. Um, that goes beyond the logical mind. So that was beautiful. That was a really cool course to take. Then my behavior change specialist certification was quite frankly, quite boring. It was like being back in college, taking one of those like required courses. (laughs) But I did learn, you know, about forming habits and how people, you know, keep habits and what makes them break habits and how to habit stack. But um, I'm not sure I would totally recommend that. I just thought it was important for me to know as someone who you know was helping people manage their lives uh, in a more efficient way. So I definitely learned something from that. Um, yeah, so I hope that helps. And I've also I I first started taking like a lot of courses on Bundle Co, um, which is like this package that like has a ton of courses in it so if you're just starting your spiritual journey or you're just curious about lots of different things you can go to like bundle.co I think is the website and they have like packages of a ton of courses from creators that you'll probably recognize And I remember I took a course with Natalia Benson on how to create an online course. And that course, Natalia is an awesome teacher. She's also been on the podcast. You'll have to look up her episode. She's just fantastic. Um, But I took her how to create a course course, and that's how I launched my uh, Cultivating Confidence online course. And that was just super helpful, like straight to the point and completely taught me how to design a course. So Those are some tips for you. Okay. Let's see, East Coast or West Coast? <laughs> um, well, I am still toggling with that. I'm in a place in my life where I'm just like straight up both. I am I'm creating this life where ideally I can spend the summer months on the East Coast. The, my whole family's in Maine, and Maine and North Carolina um, are where my family is. But I'm I'm really trying to spend at least a few months in Maine throughout the year, and then spend the the winter season snowboarding in Topanga. So kind of moving toward that lifestyle where I can like rent out my studio here eventually and just kind of like go between two places, that would feel really, really good to me. To do that, so that's what I'm calling in. What I love about the East Coast is that you really get to experience the seasons so deeply. The winters are rough, truly rough, um, but they're also really important. I think for our natural cycles to experience some kind of seasonal change, um, it's very natural for us to go through that and to actually, you know, connect to nature on that biological level of the seasons. And there is just nothing like the main coast and the water out there, and and the rocks and just the the plant life and the and the birds, and it's just absolutely wonderful. California is much drier, of course, in L.A., um, but as you drive up to like Big Sur and up north, up the northern California coast, that's where I really fall in love with California. Uh, The mountains here, it's so big out here and the ocean is so expansive and so utterly beautiful. And what I love about living in Topanga, which is basically Los Angeles, it's like a state park in Los Angeles, for those of you who don't know Topanga, um, is that all of these state parks I mean, national parks are like a couple hours drive away. So you can go to Big Sur, you can go to Yosemite, you can go down to Joshua Tree, you can go to Big Bear. Like everything is a road trip away and the road trip itself is usually really beautiful and special. So... Yeah, maybe that gives you a little clarity, but I, both, you know, and I lived in New York City for eight years before coming out to, to Los Angeles area, and I absolutely love New York City, but I just couldn't handle the noise pollution, to be honest. That's what really sent me over the edge was the noise, but that's where I'm at with those. Okay, let's talk about sex. <laughs> Not a question, but can we discuss sex on the podcast? Um, yes, I take sex very seriously. <laughs> I went through a phase, of course, like probably a lot of us did in college where I was like having sex with people very casually, having a lot of sex, um, kind of like making that my mission to like be sexually explorative and all these things. And I felt like if I wasn't having sex with somebody often, like I wasn't like, you know, desirable or whatever. Um, But I am a hypersensitive person. So as as I deepened my knowing of self and my spiritual journey, I just... You got very clear on how sacred sex is. That's somebody literally entering your vessel, your portal. There's a union that happens there that is sacred. And so I'm really careful about who I share my body with now. I don't have sex casually ever anymore. I just don't do that. Um, unless I feel like there is like a friendship there or, Um, you know, or I really trust the person. So not necessarily saying that I need to be in like a relationship or anything still, like, I think dating is beautiful. And sex is such a wonderful way to explore and connect with people. But I really need to know and trust the person to some degree, or at least feel a friendship with them. And I love a little like hot romance or something that's that's gorgeous. Um, But it needs to be intentional. And I and I really honor the sacredness of the act of sex. So I mean, I would rather go for months and Months without having um, sex with somebody if it's not if it's not really um, an authentic connection to me. Another thing um, is that orgasm is a fantastic way to manifest. It's like the peak energy. It's like this gift from God that we get to experience this like explosion of ecstasy. And that's a wonderful way to manifest. So when you hit orgasm, like you can literally call in your manifestation and and just express gratitude in that moment in that surge. So that's another just like fast fact and tip for your sexuality. (laughs) So yeah, that's how I feel about it. I, I am like actually working on my tantric healing as well and opening up more sexually and getting into my body more and doing that kind of somatic and, and body healing as well to be more open. But I think sex is very sacred and not to be taken casually in my, in my personal experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the same vein, what are you looking for in a life partner? <laughs> well, I am trying to get myself to the point of the self that I really want to be the healthiest I can be the most active I can be the calmest I can be the happiest the most prosperous so I'm trying to get myself to this point of like real groundedness and safety within myself as I call in my next partner um So yeah, then that you know what that is that is kind of a double edged sword, because part of that is keeping me from allowing someone to come in because of that perfectionism. So I'm kind of working with both energies there of getting myself to this point of feeling really good in my space and my body and my environment and everything to call them in. Um, But my, my buddy, Hannah, and I were just having this conversation. Hannah, Lo's friend, who's been on the podcast recently, too. She's just one of my dearest friends. I love her so much. But we were talking about this as I was bringing her to the airport to see her partner yesterday. And we were just talking about the importance of humor because, as we know, you know the the sexual stuff kind of fades as we get into our elder wise years. And and humor is one of the best ways to just alleviate the craziness and the pain that comes with the, the experience that we're in. So really having someone who understands your humor and can laugh with you is so important. And it's actually been something I'm not sure I have quite found with a partner up until now, where I can fully express like my goofy side. And that has a lot to do with me. But that also just means I haven't found my my right person yet. Um, So humor is really important to me and someone who really is uh, emotionally intelligent uh, someone who really can tap into their feelings and, and someone who's not defensive, someone who's really open, um, who loves adventure, who is able to give me space. Um, yeah, all the things, but I think it really comes down to emotional intelligence and being able to laugh together is really, really important. Like someone who feels like a best friend. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, I've always felt like I will know my person by their eyes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's actually been something that's come up with my previous partners, like the eyes didn't feel right. I know that might sound weird, but I feel like I'll know it by their eyes. Yeah. Okay. Here are a few. Are there specific blocks or temptations in your spiritual journey? Yeah, totally. Um, which we kind of touched on earlier, like this unraveling. It's this, you know, high frequency to denser frequency energy that we're going through all these cycles. So, of course, there are things that that constantly ask me to take a look at myself. It's like a block, like, um, you know, why am I reaching for sugar right now? Is that a pacifier for stress or something? Or, you know, all these self-limiting beliefs that come along with running a small business that's starting to bud, breaking through kind of money blocks. Um, and, and that's kind of the fun part, honestly, to see how you expand from month to month. So absolutely. Um, I'm still working through watching too much television or numbing or, you know, using these kind of like, you know, ways of just checking out when I could be going deeper into my body. So I think this is just something that we all move through is, is, these kind of escapes when we don't want to look at something or when we're feeling exhausted or anxious, or, you know, when we're not fully in our bodies, um, checking out like that, which I certainly still do. I certainly have my days of like, you know, overdoing it with technology or food or just like habits that aren't really that healthy. However, at the same time, we've got to be able to create some space for that as well because, um, I've talked about this a lot before, but I went through years of struggling with bulimia, um, bouts of anorexia, all these things, and I think it's because I was really limited um, in my childhood by like not having access to like unhealthy foods or whatever. So that by the I, we lived in a really healthy house. So by the time I got to college, I was like binging on all the unhealthy foods because I didn't know boundaries with it. I just hadn't had access before, so I was like oh my God, I want to eat everything. (laughs) And then I would like throw it up because I felt so sick to my stomach, literally. So um, that is where I just want to be careful with the restriction. I don't want to live a restrictive lifestyle. I just want to find this harmony and, and have this awareness about what's really going on and and that's where that sacred pause comes in when we're facing something like, okay, what do I really need in this moment? Do I need a candy bar or do I need to meditate? So I'm still I'm still moving through that to be really aware and honor those pings and also um, give myself flexibility so that we don't restrict like that. Hopefully that that answers your question. Blocks or temptations. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'm really actually I think it's very important on this note to make sure that our environment serves us well because I used to live with people that drank a lot and smoked a lot. And I would drink and smoke a lot because I was around them. And it was just kind of like the social aspect of the house to like kind of gather around outside and have wine and smoke American spirits and roll tobacco. And it was like, it was fun for sure. But like, I was not feeling well. Like if I drank too much wine one night, I would wake up and the whole day next day would be gone. And now that that person isn't here in my current environment anymore, I don't drink at all. Like I drink very rarely only when I'm like with a group or out at dinner or something, which, and I I don't really, um, have too much to say about not drinking, but I, I don't like to drink very much anymore. And I certainly don't smoke, um, anymore. So Yeah. So, but I have to be aware of that because if I'm around somebody who's smoking or drinking or something, I'm much more likely to do that. So yeah, that's just about creating an environment that serves you really well. Okay. (laughs) Let's, I'm just looking at the other questions that came in through here. What is your first experience of God, spirit and guides? Hmm. Okay. What, well, I have talked about this as well as my mom had a really potent spiritual experience, which was a major awakening. She refers to her it as her vision. Um, and someday I'd like to bring her on to talk about this with us all. Um, it's sometimes a soft spot for my family at large to talk about this because it was a really big event in all of our lives. But I was 14 years old, 13 or 14, when she had her vision. Um, And it was literally a direct opening, a direct portal to source. And I witnessed it. She was kind of in like a trance state. And she asked me to write down what was coming through for her. And I was like a preteen and I got out a journal and I wrote down everything that she was saying. She was channeling. And I still have that you know, letter, that note, um, that I transcribed everything on, which is, uh, I'd be really interested to look at that again someday soon. Um, that was my first experience of God. I was looking at her like, Whoa, what is happening? And she was really just explaining that God is in everything. It's in the rocks, it's in the grass, it's in the air, it's in us. Oh my God. (laughs) look at cancer getting emotional over here. It was really beautiful. And I'm very grateful for that experience and to have had that connection with my mother. Um, And um, yeah, that was my first experience of God and the power of God and of source and got me to think more deeply about that. And then when I went to college, I started to do plant medicine, like a lot of mushrooms, too much LSD. Um, and I was doing that a lot, but those, I wouldn't uh, recommend doing as much as I did because I was, I was literally doing it like every week. Um, it was too much, but mushrooms really opened up that same kind of knowing that, that, that leaving of the monkey mind and the logical mind into the universal mind, into the source mind, that I think mushrooms helped me overcome my eating disorders big time because I remember looking at my skin and being like, this is just my body. This is my vessel. I am in my body. Like I'm having trouble kind of describing it perfectly. But I remember my body looking like, um, like animal flesh, like chicken skin almost, and being fascinated by my skin and seeing like every cell in my hands and in my arms and my whole body. And I was just like, whoa, this is my house. This is my system. I've got to take good care of my house and my vessel. And it just removed me from all of that chit chat that was just like ego mind talking. And, and I, I am not here to kill the ego at all. I don't really, I don't subscribe to that rhetoric at all. I think the ego keeps us safe. It's part of our human body. It's part of our experience here. We've just got to learn how to work with it and uh, manage it because it serves a purpose. And um, yeah, so psychedelics were a huge part of my awakening journey. And now I'm at a point where, um, you know, I'm, I'm offered mushrooms kind of often. Um, it's around. I don't feel the need to take it at all because the last time I took mushrooms like a few months ago, I just like kind of felt a little high. I did not have a big awakening like I did when I had first taken it. When I had another psychedelic experience in college where I literally, I felt like I called in a storm with my friend, Zach. We, we had this monastery that had been like buried beneath the earth across from our, our college. Um, across the road from the school. And that's where we would go for like to trip basically. <laughs> oh my God. So we would go to this like old monastery site. And one night we Tried to call in a storm. We were like really obsessed with like manipulating energy and, you know, we were trying to practice levitating things and we were practicing like telepathy, all these. We were just so having so much fun with these practices. And we literally did call in a storm. We called in a freaking thunderstorm that night. We had a rain cloud right above us. It was wild. And in the clouds that night, I saw ascended masters come through. I saw Jesus come through. I saw Gandhi come through. I saw Buddha come through. Their faces were like gold faces coming out of the clouds. It was magnificent. And I'll never forget that. So I've had experiences like that that have have felt like the, the deepest connection I've had to source and to God. Um, and then, you know, the serendipitous moments that we have as we strengthen our relationship to God those moments of like, you can't even call it a coincidence. It's just synchronicity. Like these blessings, these miracles that happen where it's just like a wink from the universe that is so obvious. So those are coming more and more as I strengthen my experience with God. And as I learn to sit in silence and ask for guidance and just ask for what my next step is to come through, trusting that and like seeing how that guides me in life, it's just like, oh yes, (laughs) big time. And of course, I mean, I could go on, for this for a while, but like working with energy, like Reiki and taking people through regressions and stuff. It just opens your mind to the quantum field and to what is beyond the physical sensation and the physical, you know, experience of self. Okay. And what are your habits for sustaining a relationship with God and your spirit guides? Just again, getting into that place of silence. So even if that is just five minutes, set your insight timer, sit down in silence in the morning, It seems to be the best time because when I try to do it at night, I'm too tired from the day. So in the morning, just get quiet, just sit and say, spirit, what do you want me to know this morning? What, what, what do I need to know? Or what is my next move, especially when you're making life changes, inviting that insight in and just allowing what comes through to come through And I'm still developing, you know, the difference, which you will, you'll get to is the difference between the thinking mind and your intuitive knowing and your messages from your guides and from spirit. Um, And it's very clear, it actually starts to feel very clear. It's like, oh, that was just that just popped in. Um, That was a gift that was given to me. That comes through moments of silence. And this is why I take solo trips a lot, uh, especially to places like Big Sur or Joshua Tree, where you get out of service range. You can't even be on your phone. You completely drop out of service range. You enter this like different state of a brainwave, I think, where you just get into this calm kind of flow state. And that is where I have a lot of insight in the silence on those kind of retreats when I'm on my camping trips, and I'm completely immersed in nature, or swimming in the water, really connecting with nature, um, really brings that in. And then finally, prayer, I pray all day. I pray prayers of gratitude, like thank you so much, God, for this beautiful day. Thank you for these beautiful people. Thank you for the gift of this challenge. Or, uh, or I ask for help. I say, please show me, show me the next step. I need, I need support here. I need help. Um, so I am constantly talking to God all throughout the day, cultivating that relationship. Um, Yeah. Next, I'm going to move into free writing. I want to practice this more as just free writing in your journal, like channeled writing, writing as much as you can. And it sometimes even turns into just scribbles like where you can't even decipher what you're reading. But the lines like like we were talking about earlier about expressing what's going on internally as art on a page starts to move out and work through. So uh, look up, you know, free writing, like channeled writing, automatic writing, I'm sorry, is what it's called automatic writing. Yes. Okay. All right. What are some other ones here? Mm-hmm. What was your experience of up-leveling like? And what are some of the practices that you used? Mm. So there have been many moments of up-leveling. And I think I'm in another one right now. I'm up-leveling. I'm moving into a new space. I'm moving into a broader business. And... So there have been many moments of this and it's always been about grounding into self-worth and up-leveling through self-worth and going inward. Um, Just seeing where the cap of your worthiness is like, and how to expand beyond that cap, breaking that glass ceiling down. And it's always been extremely helpful to find uh, people who are living examples of who I want to become and mirror. Like what people are living their best lives, what people are living peaceful, happy lives that are connected, that are grounded in nature, Um, time freedom, financial freedom, freedom, that's what I'm moving toward. And that's, I think every up level that I've had has brought me closer to that freedom. So I find myself now in a place of freedom, more so than I've ever been in. And that all comes back to the work that comes back to the work that we do. I think Byron Katie coined that term, the work, You have to correct me if I'm wrong, but Yeah, so the uplevelings are happening literally every day. Every time we face a new challenge, we're upleveling if we can figure out how to move through it with grace, understanding, and curiosity. That's an uplevel right there. Um, I'm trying to reflect. Maybe I can answer your question a little bit more poignantly. Yeah, the uplevels have also been related to taking risks and to doing what scares me. So, leaving New York City was a big one. I I always you know thought that if I if I didn't stay in New York, I would never make it anywhere. Um, broke down that paradigm. (laughs) And I'm so much happier now that I'm not in New York. It might be leaving a relationship or a friendship that doesn't serve you anymore. It's about taking risks that feel scary, but you know, are going to be worth it. It's like taking that leap of faith, honestly, that trust fall with the universe, knowing that the universe will catch you and knowing that it it will be good for you. So it's always been doing the things that scare me, uh, honestly, that have helped me up level the most. Aw, do you have any more music coming out? This comes from one of the most talented musicians I know, my buddy Mike, who goes by Coyote Island, who did Sanctuary for me. He produced Sanctuary, he like recorded it and mixed it for me. Um I <laughs> I think we've probably got some music coming out together in the in the winter months. But yeah, you know, a huge reason why I was saying I'm I'm moving into a new space is to create more space for music because I've been hyper focused on. Um building my mentorship business right now, which is bringing me so much joy and creating space and flow and figuring out how to even run my business in a way that feels like expansive and, you know not too busy for me. And I've done that by creating now three day weekends. So I've, I'm like taking like Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays completely off so I can go on my camping trips. And then I, my work week will be like uh, Sunday through Wednesday. So that's been really helpful to create that structure so that the, the, I have three days of just like openness, which I hope will help me to create more music. I've got like, I've literally got like 10 songs that are like acoustic songs that I, I want to put out, but I also want to make sure that they're like, I don't want to say high vibrational, but there are a lot of like songs that I wrote a while ago to um, work through like sadness and heartbreak, to be honest. So I think those can serve a purpose for sure, but I'm trying to figure out how they'll be released and in what capacity and what the sound's going to be like. So that is what I'm working on and that will totally come through. Okay. One more question here. Let's see if I missed anything. Oh yeah, how do you get back into your body after you have been outside of your body for so long? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I would start. My first instinct is to say massage, like get into your body, touch your body, get into your physical senses, give yourself a massage, do some dry brushing, really touch your body, like just massage your legs, massage your arms, give yourself good stretching. Yoga is so wonderful. This, especially those hip openers in yoga, because we store so much emotion in the body that develops a direct connection to the body and to that, um, kind of healing that's directly related to like our bones and on a cellular level where that healing comes through. So yoga and just like stretching and getting into your body, you know, whenever we're feeling out of our body, just focus on the five senses. What can you see? What can you smell? What can you taste or hear? Or how does the temperature feel on your skin? So getting back into your body by paying attention to the senses. And then the most important thing is to call your energy back into your body. I do this to begin every session with meditation classes and with my clients. We call our energy back into our body across all timelines. And you'll notice like an energetic shift and maybe even a physical shift as your energy returns into your body. Because even in the morning when we wake up, our energy can still be spread around like the astral world, the dream world, in memories, in the past, with other people in the past. If we're still connected to fear around anything in our environment, then our energy has been fragmented. So calling your energy back into your body across all timelines, doing that, and drinking water to move out any stagnant energy as well, making sure that we stay really hydrated. So hopefully that helps stretching, just yoga to get into the body and to have those energetic releases in the body, in the muscles and in our root especially making sure that we're breathing, paying attention to our senses, and then actively calling your energy back into your body, just demanding that it comes back in and noticing where your energy is coming back from and releasing those cords, cutting those cords, maybe doing a cord cutting exercise. Maybe You maybe could find one on YouTube. Um, that's a very specific practice that I would probably l- should learn about more It's cord cutting practices to release any of those energetic ties. But if your energy is outside of your body, Go ahead and just call it back in, baby. Call that energy back into your body consciously. Okay, my darlings, I think that is it for our Q&A. Thank you so much for submitting those questions. I kind of married a few of those questions together that felt similar. I hope you feel like you learned something or you got some new insight and are feeling confident as you journey forward and that you maybe have some new tools in your tool belt there. And of course, if you have been interested in working with me one-on-one, I have my seven-week private mentorship series that you can check out. HelenDenham.com is my website, and we can hop on a totally free uh, power session together. That's 30 minutes. We'll get to know each other and discuss what you're working through, what you're moving through. Um, and this container is just, it's really powerful. Your life will change. I guarantee it. I'm seeing just astounding changes in the the women I'm working with right now and I'm seeing how their lives are changing for the better and it's just amazing every time I get on a call with someone throughout the week I see physically how their energy is changing people like start to look different they start to hold themselves differently and their lives start to change so this is just an investment that we make in ourselves when we work with mentors that is you know undeniably potent and powerful it's the best investment that we can make so Hit me up. Let me know if, if this is feeling like a call forward, call to action for you. And um, I will talk to you next week. Love you so much.